Welcome back to the 20th and Blake podcast from Mile High Sports, uh, presented to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. I am your host, Cade Walker, and uh, there's a couple things I wanted to talk about today, uh, not the least of which was the accusation uh, from a former catcher for uh, Major League Baseball, Eric Kratz. He accused the Colorado Rockies of sign-stealing in uh, 2018, which was definitely one of the Rockies' more successful years. The Rockies finished the 2018 season in a loss in the National League Division Series to the Brewers. Um, And the Brewers was the team that Eric Kratz played for at the time. He basically said that the Brewers caught the Rockies uh, banging a Theragun against their metal bench to, you know, indicate whatever pitch was coming. Um, So he was basically saying that the Astros weren't the only team that was cheating, that the Rockies were doing it too. And, I mean, you know, it's it's pretty interesting to see, like, you know, the accusations because, um, yeah, the Rockies did not hit well on the road at all uh, in 2018, but, again, they never really hit well on the road. They've actually only had one road winning season in history, or, sorry, three road winning seasons in history, but, um, I mean, you look at this season and their road woes are perpetual. Um, so, I mean, that's not in and of itself, uh, an example of why the Rockies are, or could possibly have been cheating. Um, Bud Black was asked about the allegation, and he was asked if he had any comments, and he said not really. So, I mean, I, we'll never really know, because this has really been the only allegation, the only accusation regarding, uh, you know, sign stealing that the Rockies did. And I don't know. I don't know if they were if, I, I don't know, potentially, you know, down the road near the end of the season, the pressure got really high. Uh, obviously, you know, the Rockies played to, uh, you know, get into the playoff game. So they, uh, I believe, lost to the Dodgers in game 162. And then in the, the wild card game, they they beat the Cubs. So, I mean, maybe the pressure mounted. They ended up uh, winning, uh, you know, trying to win finding other ways to win. I don't know if that maybe was something that happened. Um, and I don't even know if this happened at all, uh, but definitely it was in the news this last week and it, it's not a great look. Um, but it's also, you know, not really something that can be put together in, uh, in, in any sort of truthful or conclusive statement. So, um, you know, maybe I mean, Eric Kratz did, I'm not sure like what motive Eric Kratz would have to lie. Um, because, you know, the Brewers beat the Rockies, and Kratz said he doesn't really know anybody at the Rockies, so I'm not sure what motive he would have, uh, but I did feel like I needed to address that at least a little bit. Uh, you know, I-, I mentioned that the Rockies have never really been good on the road, and that's just been a truth for, you know, basically since the Rockies have existed. The Rockies have never been able to perform well on the road, and I've mentioned this on this podcast before a couple times. Uh, I talked to Eno Saris at the winter meetings a couple years ago, and he estimated that the Rockies probably lose about 10 games a year just because of the Coors hangover. Uh, and this year has been, you know, one of the years that this it's been most obvious. It's been most apparent. I mean, nobody's really hitting well on the road uh, for the Rockies. And, you know, looking at it, uh, the Rockies are three and eighteen on the road this season, and that's twenty-one games. And in twenty-one games, they've been shut out seven of them. 
seven games without scoring a single run out of 21 games. That's like that's you know 33% of their road games they're getting shut out. And that's that's like like astronomically historically bad. Um I I believe at this rate they're still on pace for the worst uh, road record in major league history. Um so we'll we'll see how how much longer that keeps up, but it's it's not just that the Rockies are bad. They are bad. It, they're not a good team. Um, and, I, you know, I, I like the players on the Rockies. Like, I am a big fan of Ryan McMahon, Trevor Story, Charlie Blackman. Uh, love Ryan Tapia, Love CJ Crone. You know, I'm a big Josh Fuentes fan. As much uh, criticism as I give him on this podcast, I do like him as a player. And I, I will mention him this week. Um, give him a little a little prop. Uh, he raised his WRC plus from, you know, single digits to 77, which is only 23% below league average, which combined with his defense, good. I will absolutely take a 77 WRC plus out of Josh Fuentes if he can keep up amazing defense. And, um, you know, that's good. Good for him. Anyways, uh, back, back to, you know, discussing how the Rockies do on the road. It's just... You know, a couple seasons ago, uh, Nick Groke wrote an article for The Athletic, and I've mentioned this article before multiple times, that uh, during a series, I believe it was a series with the Yankees, uh, Charlie Blackman pulled aside uh, Dave Magadan, the hitting coach, Bud Black, and I, I believe he might have pulled aside Jeff Breidich, who was the general manager at the time, of course. Uh, but he definitely pulled aside at least Magadan and Black and said, okay, look, we don't hit on the road, and obviously it's because we just are having a, a difficult time adjusting to pitching on the road because, you know, pitches move differently at Coors Field as they do from anywhere else. So at Coors Field, they're facing a, a steady diet of fastballs, um, and away they're facing a steady diet of breaking balls, off-speed pitches. So with that in mind, uh, when... Rockies players go on the road, they have a very steep adjustment curve when going on the road because they have to adjust to balls moving at at elevation at a mile high compared to balls moving at sea level or, or wherever they play. So, um, you know, and considering the fact that the Rockies have played the Dodgers, the Padres, and the Giants quite a few times early this season, it's probably exacerbated that effect as well um, because all three of those are pitcher's parks with very solid pitching staff. So, um, anyways, back to the article. Uh, Jack Black, Blackman pulled aside the hitting coach, Magadan, pulled aside Black and said, okay, we got to make an adjustment. So they set up a hitting machine. Uh, like, I, I believe um, it, it's probably a hack, hack attack. Um, and they adjusted the settings to basically simulate pitches at sea level and, you know, increase the spin rate just to make it look like um, it would be somewhere else and not Coors Field. And after that adjustment, uh, most players on the roster, I, I say most because there were some exceptions. I believe Arenado didn't benefit from it as well. He was on the team at that point. I know Blackman benefited from it a ton. Story benefited from it a ton. I think, um, like, I believe Tapia and uh, I know David Dahl, I believe, also benefited from it as well. But, um, you know, most of the team benefited from that change of adjustment in practice. And I'm not sure if they've kept that practice in play. If they have still, you know, utilized the pitching machine to simulate 
you know, road games. And, you know, based on their performance this season, they probably haven't because there was a direct timeline where at that moment in time, I believe it was in like late July or something during, during that season where they were, you know, didn't hit well up until that point on the road. And then after that point, they were far above what they had been. So it, it was a direct cause and effect that was observable and it worked. And I'm not sure if, um, if they've continued doing that, I'm not sure if that uh, has continued as a practice. And I feel like it should have been because, you know, Blackman came up with the concept. He's still on the team. And, um, you know, that may be one explanation, but it's not the whole explanation. There's, there's just so many factors to this. You know, you look at 21 games, getting shut out in seven of them. And yes, they have faced really good pitching. They faced Jacob deGrom like uh, yesterday. He was throwing 100 miles an hour and he is unhittable. So that's understandable. You know, facing the Padres, the Giants, the Dodgers so frequently, also understandable. There's a lot of factors to this. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like there are adjustments. There are ways to get around the Coors Field hangover effect. But this is definitely a hangover, uh, a more intense hangover than they have felt in any season prior to this. So in my mind, there does need to be an adjustment made. And I'm not exactly sure what that adjustment is. But the first thing that I can think of is making that practice adjustment to you know simulating um, pitches ahead of time, ahead of road games. Um, it, it is tough. This is a unique season, but um, that would be one suggestion that I would make. I'm not really sure otherwise, but definitely this is a, a a very poor showing on the road for the Colorado Rockies. So before I get into this last segment, I want to talk about our sponsor for this episode, and that is, of course, DraftKings Sportsbook. It's playoff time. Big stakes, bigger promotions. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $5 into $200. That's 40 to 1 odds on any basketball game. All you have to do is pick any team that is still in the hunt for a trophy. And if that team wins, you will receive $200 in free credits. That's right, pick any team that is still in contention, bet $5. And if that team wins, you cash $200 in free credits. All it takes to claim these 40 to 1 odds on the basketball team of your choosing is placing a $5 bet on that team and that team to win. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotion on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS when you sign up to turn $5 into $200 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win in their next game, and if they do that, you can claim $200 in free credits. That's promo code MHS for a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, also, little piece here bet on the 76ers bet on the brooklyn nets they are going to wipe away their opponents uh, must be 21 or older colorado only new customers only wager paid out in site credits restrictions apply see draftkings.com slash sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 uh, so in this last segment i just want to talk about a couple of specific players i don't want to highlight because um, you know we look at road home splits right um just to kind of understand where the rockies are deficient on offense and yeah for sure the rockies can't hit on the road um but admittedly the three players that i chose to highlight aren't really suffering as much on the road as anticipated 
so my my hypothesis going into this uh, short little numbers dive was that Trevor Story would be hitting great at home and then be suffering on the road quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean that wasn't really the case. I looked at Trevor Story and his away uh, WRC plus is eighty five, which isn't great. But I mean his home WRC plus is eighty nine, which also isn't great. So it's not just that he's hitting poorly on the road. Uh, he's hitting poorly in general, though, you know, I, I, you know, for a second, I thought he was starting to break out. I thought he was, you know, coming back into his own. Um, so then I looked at his batted ball profile and yeah, there's, there's a little bit of him underperforming his expected numbers, but it's nothing drastic. Uh, he's only underperforming it by about 14 points. So I'm not really sure like where where it's going wrong his hard hit percentage is fairly low his max exit velocity is low for his standards barrel percentage low for his standards i mean nothing seems extremely out out of the ordinary in his batted ball profile um at first glance at least so i'm not really sure like where he's at right now um apparently uh, at least when talking about trevor's story uh, Patrick Saunders over at the Denver Post reported that the Rockies have zero plans to trade him by the deadline, or not. Sorry, not by the dread, by the deadline, but by the All Star game, which I, I completely understand um, from a, a team standpoint because you know the All Star games in Colorado. Unfortunately, those circumstances are causing the Rockies to lo- lose out on value uh, because every single day that that goes by without Trevor Story being traded is more lost value for the Rockies and I advocated for trading him in the offseason and I believe that still would have been the right move and I mean maybe the the theatrics for Colorado would have been you know built around Ryan McMahon who's having the better season he's been the best Rocky this season and it's been a fairly significant margin Um, by the way Ryan McMahon has seven defensive run saved this season which is like a, a really good number for a full season but we're not even through may so i'm very excited to see where he ends up this season um but yeah I, i'm not sure what the plan is with trevor's story i'm sure he'll get dealt by the deadline that's that's my guess that's my uh my guess if he doesn't it will shock me and i believe he will get dealt at the deadline so definitely look towards that um anyways I, the other players i wanted to highlight was ryan mcmahon WRC plus of 116 at home, great. WRC plus of 96 on the road, not as great, but still not really that bad. I thought there would be a little bit more of a disparity there, but that's, you know, that's not as bad as as you can expect. There's other players with far worse splits. Something I absolutely did not expect, because I suggested bringing in CJ Crone to Colorado, mostly to see him hit at Coors Field, because his batted ball profile would play so nicely. And he surprised me and put up an away WRC plus of 111 and a home WRC plus of 110. And so he, he's been a great surprise. I, I'm very pleased with his performance. So um, with those examples, you know, the Rockies haven't been suffering on the road through those guys, at least. The rest of the team, absolutely. They can't score. But through the best three guys on the roster, or the best three, you know, hitters on the roster, at least at this point, you know, they haven't suffered as much. So that's definitely something worth noting and worth, uh, you know, keeping in mind. So so for this last part of this segment, I want to do something that I haven't actually done all season. And that's looking at the pitching for 
the Colorado Rockies. And, <clears throat> yeah, the bullpen hasn't been as expected, but there are definitely some highlights when looking at the starters. Um, Herman Marquez definitely has been, I don't know, a bright spot maybe too strong, but he's been good. Uh, his ERA has been a little high, uh, 482. Not necessarily a good number, but I think that's not necessarily all attributed to him. You look at his fielding independent pitching, and it's at th- uh, 396, which is an indicator that I think he's been, he's underperformed a little bit this season, and not necessarily underperformed in expectation, but he has been unlucky. He has underperformed his expected numbers. Because his uh, expected fielding independent pitching is a 3.88 as well. So that's almost a full point lower than his actual ERA. So uh, I expect Marquez to continue to lower that number as the season goes on. But he's been he's been fairly solid. Um, John Gray has held down the fort with a 3.83. Or a, sorry, a 3.43 ERA. Um, and uh, Gomber has been... He's been okay. At uh, a... Four, five, six ERA. All of them have roughly similar fielding independent pitching. Um, all three of these pitchers do. All of them have identical WAR at .8, and all of them have similar fielding independent pitchings, uh, expected fielding independent pitchings. So uh, it's it's curious to see how the top three are basically the same, uh, but none of these guys are really ace level, which is why the Rockies are not contending. But you know, I, I expected worse from Austin Gomber. He is. He's done a little bit better than I expected from him. Yeah, he gives up too many fly balls, whatever, but he's not horrible. Um, on the other hand, I still want Chichi Gonzalez off the team. Uh, Sensatella, I'm fine with. He has not done as well as I hoped he would, not as not done as well as he did last season, but I, I think there's still I think there's still a little bit of room for Sensatella to grow. Chichi is is not. I don't really think that he, he he can grow too much, so I'm uh, I'm officially done with Gigi Gonzalez on the Rockies. Uh, I, it's a strong statement, but I stand by it. So uh, we'll see how the Rockies move forward uh, with their rotation um, as everyone heals up and everything. But that's that's my takeaways. Um, the the bullpen hasn't really been great. Um, like, yeah, they have some positive WAR numbers, like. Uh, Lucas Gilbreth has a negative point two in his uh, eight games pitched to seven innings. Uh, I, I like Gilbreth as a prospect. I admit I'm biased because he went to the school I played for. But um, so we'll, we'll see what he looks like. But I, I think he'll be fine. I, I've definitely seen him make significant strides over the past couple off seasons. His, his velo definitely jumped up. So I think there's room for him to grow as well. Um, Estevez actually got a save the other night, which was really cool to see. So, uh, Jordan Sheffield has been delightful. He's you know, pitched in 16 games, 15 innings pitched, uh, 172 ARA. That's that's good, very good for him. Um, I I expected more from Ben Bowden. I think I've been waiting for Ben Bowden for a while, and he hasn't really gotten. He hasn't really been up to par. And neither is Tyler Kinley. I I, I expected way too much out of this bullpen, honestly, which is. Not great when you think about it in hindsight, but um, someone I think that has not really been given the best rap has been Daniel Bard. Um, Daniel Bard has an area of five. People have kind of held that over him. 
said, oh man, last year was a fluke. I wouldn't say so. His fielding in the pit of pitching is actually the 3-5-9. Though, you know, it's really tough to really draw any conclusions out of these numbers. There's so much noise because none of these guys have more than 20 innings pitched. Um, so it's hard to draw conclusions. But still, pitching from day to day, these guys get an inning every day, or at least some of them do. So you still have to be able to make some judgments, some execution. So, uh I don't. I think you should take all of these numbers with a grain of salt for the relievers, but at the end of the day, still, with the numbers you have, you still have to make some evaluations. But I think Daniel Bard is fine, and with his larger sample size, including last year, I think he's going to be fine. Uh, but I am looking forward to um, you know Jordan Sheffield the rest of the season. So that's what I got. Thanks for tuning in to the 20th and Blake podcast. This is your host, Kate Walker, uh, as always. Sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook, and I'll talk to you next time.